Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Apolog Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. This episode is brought to you by FetchClass.com. FetchClass.com is a teaching and learning system that allows students and teachers to connect in a video conference one-on-one. It's secure, it's safe, it's awesome, and it's better than driving across town. FetchClass.com. Also, please let you know, I want to let you know about my Amazon affiliate program. When you go to the first page at Appalog.ca, you'll see banners on the right side. On that banner is a quick link to an Amazon site, whether you're from United States, UK, or Canada. When you get to that Amazon site, bookmark that link. And every time you go to shop on Amazon, use that link, and you'll be helping the show. Every time you make a purchase, it makes it absolutely costs you no extra money, and it's super cool, and it's the future. Also, I want to let you know about my Patreon campaign. For those of you who used to do this back in the old PBS days where you'd pledge a monthly amount to help uh, public broadcasting, similar to that, go to patreon.com slash and pledge as little or as much as you want to help the show out. You'd be helping put uh, gas in tanks and help hosting fees get paid and whatever things that this thing costs, whatever it is, you know, help the show out. That'd be great. Another thing, actually, I put shirts up for sale. You can pre-order shirts right now. So if you go to applelog.ca slash shop, you'll be able to buy a shirt. Right now we're in the pre-order stage, but they're coming soon. As soon as I get over to London, Ontario at Gary Begner's house and pick them up, you will have your shirts. And if you're in the Durham region, I will hand deliver the shirt. How about that? Bam! Booyah! (laughs) What else can I talk to you about right now? I think that's all of my little pluggy plugs. Today on the show, I have Mr. Rene Garcia of the band The Brains. Brains! Just in time for Halloween. Spooky! Add effect here, Simon, with delay. Spooky! Are you annoyed yet? Okay, good. Uh, the Brains are banned out of Montreal. They have a psychobilly sound. Rene is actually not from Canada. He's from Chile. Chile. Do you say Chile or Chile? I think it doesn't matter. Chile. I think it makes you sound smarter if you say Chile. He's from Chile and uh, has a Latin swagger to this band, The Brains. It's kind of a hybrid uh, band, and they're pretty cool. So if you ever want to go listen to some psychobilly, you can check out their show dates. And they are October 29th, Quebec City, October 30th, Montreal, October 31st, Toronto at the Horseshoe. That's Halloween. Spooky! November 1st, Ottawa with the Planet Smashers. November 4th, that's a big drive to Regina. November 5th, Calgary. It's a big drive to Calgary. November 6th, not such a long drive, but it's still a drive to Grand Prairie. Then Golden, B.C. Almost died in Golden, B.C. in a, in a van crash. November 10th, Kelowna. Uh, November 11th, Revelstoke. November 12th, Whistler. November 13th, Vancouver with the Real Mackenzies. November 14th, Victoria. That's an expensive ferry ride to get over to Victoria. I always hide somebody. It's like the drive-in movie. I always have to hide somebody on the ferry. November 17th, Nelson, B.C. November 19th, Red Deer, where all the racists live. November 20th, Saskatoon, where all the cool people live. November 21st, Winnipeg at the Pyramid. So how about that? That's what they were. That's what it was. I'm not telling you all the clubs. You can go to their website or their Facebook 
and find out more about the brains and what the brains are doing. You can go to Stomp Records, uh, which is stomprecords.com, and, and search out the brains, and there'll be more information about the brains. Ooh, spooky. So today, very special episode for Halloween. Everybody have a happy Halloween. This is episode number 52. So technically, it's been a year of podcasting, if you really really take but i've done some extra ones here and there this is our the 52nd episode of the apologue podcast and today i give you rene garcia of the band the brains spooky brains What happens when you put two recording engineers in a room with a FaceTime chat? Never, uh, you know. <laughs> what the hell is that all about? It's gonna work. It, it's it's bound to work. <laughs> yeah, man. It's actually it sounds pretty good. And if you're recording, then uh, you know, then we're gonna be uh, good. Hey, did you know that there's a band from the '80s called The Brains? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, you know, the 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 band The Brains. What the name comes because like, like. Um, how can I say that? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't intentional, really. Like it was like, well, it was intentional, but it's like it was like a, a game of word because we, you know, to always make a band name and to get the people going on and to remember the band name. I was like, you know, in those fucking zombie movies, like there's like millions of zombies, and the only fucking thing they say is nonstop in every movie is brains, <laughs> brains. Uh, I was like, why don't we, you know, if we're looking for a band name, why don't we just put that on the band name? That way, it's like, as a joke, you know, zombies are already saying the brains are already popular. Woo! Yeah, you yeah. know? Except for Walking Dead now. Walking Dead, they don't say brains. They just say like, uh, no. that's what oh, they the, say is white noise. Yeah, they're, they're the new, they're, they're the new ones. It's like, they're, they're not, they don't know how to talk those ones. What about, <laughs> what about the World War Z zombies? They're the ones that are fast. Like, they run. Or, mm. Yeah, they're running zombies. Yeah, but those ones still don't know how to talk. It's like, I guess now zombies are like more uh, physical than intelligent. <laughs> that's true. They only crave brains. <laughs> they still, that's, that's true. Yeah. that That is the uh, underlying commonality of all zombies is that they dig brains and sometimes the lower intestines. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but nowadays, now they don't talk and they just run really fast or more, you know? Yeah. Before they used to like scare you with by saying brains and like you could almost connect to them saying like oh my god there's a part of a human there still yeah. he's saying brains nowadays it's like it's like okay it's not human let's shoot him you know yeah sure so it kind of lost a bit yeah so it lost a bit the charm you know yeah i you know i think with walking but, dead what they do manage to do is they did they made a scientific reason why they're zombies it's not like it's they're they're possessed by an alter ego demon it's that they're actually there's a reason for it you know yeah there's a reason because they're like sick or whatever it is but i guess it's cool you know it's like pushing the limit of something that i was already just for fun in a way you know yeah yeah yeah, but, you, uh, yeah yeah it's like taking out the fun out of it but whatever but that's what it was and then i eventually like uh, uh i was on myspace one day a couple of years later when the bands were starting uh, doing more touring and stuff like that, and uh, 
I got a message from a guy from, he said he was, he's the singer of the brains. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, and he's like, yeah, you guys have to take your, the name off. I'm like, what, what's going on? And then I had to like get in touch with the record company. Like what is going on here? So eventually like we found, I found out that the guy sold the song to Cindy Lauper in the eighties and that's how he made his money. And he got famous with one song that she covered. And then he was trying to fight for his name. And I was like, I, I don't know, man, you're not active. You're not doing anything. You know, you're sitting down on a name and I'm working a lot here on my side, you know, and uh, I'm not going to change the name of the man. So it just stayed like that. And hopefully it stays like that, <laughs> you know, because it's not really like we're not trying to cash in on any on his name. Like, like it has nothing to do with it. Like, uh, you know, there's got to be other band names like, like that, you know, and, and you know there you know. is the doughboys there's a doughboys yeah. based in new jersey <laughs> that are a bunch of oh. old, old men and i just found one of their songs on itunes it's called tears of a clown <laughs> it's on itunes what the hell <laughs> and it sounds nothing like the doughboys there's no three-part harmony no <laughs> no no hey that that was a cool band too i remember that band yeah and, um and there's uh what's it John jonathan cummins who was playing guitar in yeah. that band yeah <laughs> Mm -hmm. and um i worked with him like uh before the brains just like actually did just a band before the brains i was in a band called vulgar daily and uh uh he produced that album called kill rock and roll and uh he was a producer and all that stuff the fun like uh one of the producers because we had uh, so much trouble with during that recording it was crazy but oh, i yeah. met him and uh he's, he's a super cool guy you know uh, how old are you uh, i'm gonna be 42 42 okay so when uh when you've done seven albums with your band that is over how long? Yeah, 13 years it's going to be now. On uh, Halloween night, it's going to be 13 years. And it's uh, on April 13, it turned... The idea 13 years ago when I was... Well, 13 years ago, on my birthday on April 13, I decided to start a new a band um, because I had a promise to myself. Like when whenever, when I was younger, I was 17, 18, and I had a band with a bassist. Uh, his name is Flipper. He plays bass for the Gutter Demons, another Canadian psychobilly band. And um, so when I was young, I was playing with him and everything. And it was super difficult to get studio time. It was very expensive. It was the tape time. And like, you know, budgets for albums were minimum 10,000 bucks. And I was like, what the fuck, you know, mm -hmm. how can I do this thing? Um, so I didn't have money. So I continue, you know, doing little things here and there, like musical, but not much. And one day, like, 13, 14 years ago, when I was in Volker Delhi, we started practicing well, where Grimskunk, the other Canadian band, practice. And they, it's a record company called Indica. So I started there and uh, we're practicing and I had a board and I'm like, wow, this is super fun, man. And all this thing, you know, I, I, I do studio already. It was a couple of years I was doing studio already. And I was like, oh, you know, my birthday's coming up. I think I'm going to give myself a present and I'm going to start a band just with the drummer of Vulgar Deli and the ex-guitarist uh, of Vulgar Deli, who was my buddy at that time. I'm like, hey guys, you know, he plays bass, he plays the drum, let's do like a couple of songs that I had when I was younger, like 19, 17, 18. They're like, okay, cool. So we did that on my birthday. Recorded a little demo. Uh, we kept it under. It sounded really, really cool. And I still have them. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on probably release them eventually soon. It's just like, it's like the beginning of everything, you know? It's still kind of weird the sound but you can hear what where it's going and mm -hmm. uh so we sat, sat on that thing uh practiced i was still in the other band vulgar daily i was actually in vulgar daily 
for the beginning of the first three years of uh, the brains and um so eventually for halloween we we're like hey we got a show coming up you know and so we went over there and uh we we dressed as zombies because it was halloween and we did the sh all this these songs that that you know we played like stray cat songs uh, but like faster and heavier and then the songs that i hadn't written before and so that's how it started that was the first show in the first year <laughs> and so it's going to be 13 years now which is really awesome that i never thought it was going to be that seven albums like almost 10 videos uh going around the world you know yeah it's pretty cool you yeah. know when you yeah. think like it's just started with like a birthday present you know <laughs> you're you're about my age but the age of when the stray cats broke big in canada was the what 85 mm -hmm. 80 86 there was a huge yeah, rockabilly yeah. movement that kind of took over the industry and uh it definitely changed a lot of things and then there was sort of another resurgence in the early 90s of like swing music and things like that you yeah. know where it was still you know yeah. you know and this is sort the of cherry poppin daddy yeah. and all those bands yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. I just just uh just before at the same time that the mighty bus stones and the ska music came fucking big you know all these swing bands came out too with these brass and yeah, and just before that was the end of the Stray Cats. I remember that I was really, really young, and I was hanging out with these guys like super old with like like super nice hair. I was like, <laughs> One day I'll have tattoos. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing yeah. too, man. Like you, when you you definitely know a rockabilly dude when you see a rockabilly dude. Like first of all, he's he's driving a an old rat car. He's got a he's got a pompadour mm. and a chain wallet and sort of yeah. There is a look, you know. And uh, there is a it's a commitment, that. yeah, definitely a commitment to, uh, to 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 follow. And just like any type of music, I guess there's a style that goes with it, you know. And I guess too, but the the, the thing too, like like the style and 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 living, it's two different things. But I've been living all this thing. Like I, I've been helping bands and punk community, and like you know, recording bands. Uh, super cheap or almost for free sometimes in order to help them to grow and uh mm -hmm. you know it's part of a life so yeah i do like rockabilly i love rockabilly but i like the punk rock and that's why in the band and the brains we have all this mix of all this energy you know mm -hmm. we got punk rock we got metal we got latin music because i'm from chile and i listened to a lot of merengue and salsa when i was a kid you know mm -hmm. and uh, just to put a topic on that like Salsa and merengue, but let's say merengue and salsa, whatever, these two, they both have something that I use a lot in the brains, which is like the, the cutting of the, the melody and the speed. So the song can go really fast, but you still got a melody, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, let's say just an example in Santana, the song um, Black Magic Woman, you know, when he goes, dum -tum, dum -tum, dum -tum, dum that part, it's exactly the same beat that we use. We just, just do it in like in one and a half. So we do, so it is like, from salsa mm -hmm. then you get the merengue part where you go super fast but you got the guy going like so that you put that you put punk rock you know and you put a little bit of the straight cast in there and then you got the brains going like whoa all these elements are there you know yeah you got metal too so that's why i like rockabilly i think it's basically like the the nucleus of the brains it's it's part rockabilly punk rock and then it just expands like from there you know yeah and 
I, the only time I heard uh, a stand-up bass cut so good in a mix is post, is uh, the Living End. Remember them? The, yeah, they man, had yeah. a they had a stand-up bass, and they used to make it cut. The stand-up bass cut so good, and and you had something to do with that, right? Yeah. Like you you record? Do you record? Yeah, I record. I produced everything. Yeah, I've been producing yeah. all these albums. Like this, this is the seventh one. Mm-hmm. But you know, every time I do an album of the brains, I do like twenty of other bands. You know, mm-hmm. like just this month, I've mixed forty-three songs wow. for bands. <laughs> like that's my job, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I get pretty good at the end at like like working fast and you know checking compressors and like EQs and what what to kill and what not to kill and mm-hmm. and I you know I use that as a as my weapons, you know, but mm-hmm. mostly when I, when I, when I record to get a good sound, let's say for the bass and all that stuff, it's, it's the attitude. That's, it's very important. Like you got the, you got the mic placement and all that stuff. But if the guy doesn't give you the attitude, the right attitude to record that moment, doesn't you're not going to be able to mix it right. So yeah. yeah, it sounds good because he gave it all, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, yeah. like he, uh, Colin's been in the band since, uh, the album, uh, zombie nation. And, uh, when he got in, uh, we got in studio like not even a month after he showed up, you know, he showed up like, uh, okay, so I did album one, two, and three. The third one was the white album. We got signed to Stump. After that album, the the band kind of like had some problems. So we lost a member, the bassist. And after all these touring in Canada for those years, like a couple of years now at that point, um, I remember one bassist only. He wasn't from Montreal. He was from the mountains, Jasper. And I was calling. He was in another band, and so I called him. Hey, man, I need, I need, I need help, man. I need a bassist. You're the only one who can actually come and like uh, to play all these things. You come by to Montreal. He's like, "What's the plan?" I'm like, "Well, we got some shows. Let's test what's going on." I said, "You know, like I just got signed to Stomp. They're super cool and everything, but like, if you don't have a band, they're not. It's like, what's the point of being signed? You know, to record company. I need." need a band so i need a basis we're three guys and as soon as one is missing it's like it's fucked up you know it's not like you're four guys you know yeah so uh then after that uh he showed up he did a couple of shows and uh, two shows and i told him look if you really liked what you did um we're going in studio in two weeks he's like what i'm like yeah i didn't want to tell you before but we're <laughs> we're supposed to go in studio in two weeks he's like oh shit okay so we got in studio. We had two weeks to prepare the, the album. Like I already had like the whole everything. So we got in, and he was super stressed. And you can hear on the first on the first recording of him and then Zombie Nation that it's a little more square, a little more safe in certain parts because there was a lot of guidance. You know, he was still giving it all, but the, it was like more like where you know I just joined this band. How is this thing working? Which is total natural, you know, because I did that too. You know, when I joined bands, but um, as a three piece too, you're you're a three piece, right? Um, it's tough to find your place, mm-hmm. your third, because you're feeling a lot. And I, I've joined bands that were a three-piece as a bass player, and you really gotta, you gotta really can't overplay, and you can't, you can't just play it floor no. in the floor. You have to play where it, it sort of mingles and meanders. You it's know? everything. Yeah, yeah, it's everything. It's like you gotta let let pass. And that's a that's one trick I learned too with the, the Reverend Hortonid. We did a, a tour with them and. Uh, but let me finish with the thing with, with yeah, yeah, there's okay, so yeah. many stuff like uh okay so i did that with so he did that thing uh so zombie nation and uh it sounded cool but on the new album you can hear that he actually is playing so much and he got a he got sponsored too by uh like his name was bass uh it's a new king bass but it's not king bass uh 
Damn it, he's gonna kill me. Ha! He's gonna kill me. I don't, I don't remember. Black uh, something. God oh, damn it, I don't remember. Anyways, the super bass that he got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, he's got a super cool instrument, but he's fucking hitting the hell out of it in the recording. So, that's what it is. And the drummer, too, is the same thing. Uh, Phil, when he joined the band, is a new drummer we have. And yeah. that guy, too, in the recording, is like hitting the. Like, I told the guys that this album, I'm like, we got to do this album the most tightest thing ever. Like, I, I, I was like, at that point, like, because we finished actually mixing the album december 14th last year wow okay so we got in studio around now i think we got in studio around halloween time mm -hmm. we started recording the new album the seventh album and so yeah at that point phil was in the band for like not even a year you know mm -hmm. so him too he was kind of like what's going on so i'm like you just hit the fucking snare really really loud but you know what's really weird about all this thing too this is another weird thing so phil this new drummer that we have for now a year and a half almost now on the album white album i needed a replacement drummer which is now it's seven years but sit on the years like he showed up six years after i met him like how can i explain that he was a replacement drummer he was super young like he was 19 super young he came on the road with us as a replacement drummer and then after that he disappeared he, he continued with the other bands and stuff like that and then six years later i needed a drummer he showed up at this show with a fucking motorcycle helmet taller and i'm like hey man what's up he's like hey man I start talking he's like yeah man i'm looking for a band i'm like I need a drummer. What the hell? Wow. Where did you come from? You disappeared for six years. You reappeared now. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, I've been busy. I've been doing like videos and stuff like that. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I do. I, I do videos and I do commercials and, you know, I do all this 3D stuff. I'm like, whoa, what? So much stuff has changed with your life. He's like, yeah. He's like, I always remember on that tour. I'm like, the, the tour we did together. He's like, yeah, I remember that time when you told me like, to just stick to your guns and to, you know, work hard and uh, that's going to work. And like, no, don't get like, you know, like people are going to try to tell your ideas are not good, but stick to your stuff, you know, because if you, if you think that it's good, that's, you know, and you're not, you're not hurting anybody. Mm -hmm. It might be good, you know, mm -hmm. and he did that. And he, and he yeah, the more you try, he, he worked the and, more, uh, you, the more you try. Cool of, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The cool thing about this is that we have a brand new video coming out. And the brand new video is produced by him. So it's super cool. Um, like who takes care of the merch is Colin. Colin takes care of the merch. Uh, he wrote the lyrics on this album. I took care of the production completely from like, you know, the sound and where, where we're going. So the whole band is like three guys just like working their ass off, you know, like making a real band work you know like one yeah. does the videos has the image going on the other guy has the merch going on the other guy's got the sound put this thing together put them on the road the guys are self-sufficient in a way you know but yeah. not without the record company without them it's like it wouldn't be possible they take care of all this other logistic that goes with like going on the road you know making sure that we got more tour coming up you know so basically yeah. right now we're in this nice nice thing you know yeah it's like it's working really nice and stomp is uh is a solid solid label union mm. too where does union fit into it because i know uh, pageant really well i've done pageant for 25 years i don't know how it works too well with union and 
Yeah, I don't know how it works too well with uh, with with uh, Union and uh, and Stump, but I know like it's Stump Records, I call it, and uh, I see Pageant like a couple of times a year. You know, like a couple of shows we uh, Stump is uh, you know they're they're buddies, I guess. Like they work together, you know. So and uh, you know we're bands from Stump, so we end up you know meeting them a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know how it works though. But uh, they're cool guys, you know. They're like a family, really. Like. Uh, you know they take care of you as you know you work your ass off they work their ass off if you you know if you sit down they're not gonna do much you know mm-hmm. but that's how life is you know sure you know yeah in a small i mean in in, in in labels like stomp are labels that are family-based like unlike like larger labels the, that yes they're fu- have a huge roster of bands they can cater to you as an artist and let you kind of do what you need to do to become successful and they will just support you. If you were just sitting on your ass waiting for the records to sell, they'd be like, ah, see, ya, we can't, we exactly. can't. Yeah. It's a team, right? Yeah. But isn't it like life too? You know, like mm. you want to do something in life, you got to do it. You know, you got to move. If yeah. you sit down, it's not going to work too much. You know, I mean, this day and age, I'm not talking yeah. about people just like, I'm not saying physically sitting down. I'm saying like, if you don't do anything around you, I mean, you can be sitting down and, you know, working on computer and doing amazing things with it, you know, but mm-hmm. you're doing something, yeah. you know? So yeah, it works that way. If, if you do something, it's, people are going to like actually connect with you, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's also a little bit of luck, but there's also a lot of making your own luck in this world, especially with music. You can write music that people love and be, have it. And sometimes it becomes easy in a sense. And I've never crossed that bridge. I've never had it easy but sometimes you work really hard and you keep persevering and you get your audience and that's what touring's all about you know is getting people involved and that's today's music industry is all about touring and getting fans because fans will buy your music and they'll come to your shows and that's how band you know that's how bands make money now yeah that's what it is now uh you got to work you know like like my audience like it started from small shows to bigger shows and to like a point where I did a festival in Berlin and I had the whole street of Berlin, like, like I was a street, like huge street. And there was a stage and I was on the stage and there was like tons of people. Yeah. And I, it was bizarre show that show my amplifier kept on breaking and I was like, what's going on? So I kept on hitting it and then it went like, and like I turned around, turn. it was like almost like a show, like made on purpose just to make it like more interesting. So I don't know. I guess, I guess, yes, you can make your own luck, but at the same time, you have to see, you know, how can I say that? You know, if you want to get into a a room, you you, got, you can turn the, the knob and like you get in the room or you can try to smash the fucking door mm-hmm. and they get a, something to smash the door. But if you back up and you see there's a handle, you're like, oh, there's a handle. Then you open the door, you're there, you know? So sometimes it, it's not just to go and just face this thing. It's to see where you want to go back up a bit and see where you know so that thing with that amplifier i saw it exactly as an opportunity to spice up the show you know be more expressive you know yeah. it's that's what it is you you're a showman people come to see you you give them songs you give them emotions and that's what they want to see you know when they see you live so you take every opportunity, you know. You take every every opportunity to make it more interesting. I guess. Sure. Yeah, and emotion is a big <laughs> thing. You- it's a big important thing that if you if you show emotion and you're legitimately feeling these emotions, 
you know, and I can smell, exactly. you know, I can smell bullshit from a mile away when somebody's doing the scissor kicks like, uh, oh, I don't know, that bank good Charlotte or something. You know, they're faking it. You know, you know, they're faking it. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, this is super cool, man. Oh, cool, man. Well, yeah, well, thanks for coming on the show, by the way. <laughs> I, I, this is what it's all about, right? It's two dudes talking and that's kind yeah, of what, you know, it's, you know, two people talking. You know, you're doing the right thing. It's like, uh, uh, if you listen to the people, like they say things like, like I'm opening, you know, like it's better than just having questions and like, so when did you start the band and what is and that it's like super formal. I even try to do that in interview when they give me like formal questions. I'm like, you know, get them a little more relaxed, you know, because I mean, I live this life, you know, this is mm -hmm. what I do. I have two jobs in my life, this to be a musician and to be a producer. And it's all related to music. And I have two kids I have, you know, uh, and they are into music too, uh, dramatic uh, school and all that stuff too you know so um my wife is like a painter so it's all about you know art and mm -hmm. not like the fake shit you know like this yeah. is what we do so that's what it yeah. is <laughs> by the by the way where where are you based i'm about an hour and a half outside of toronto so i'm if you okay. come in if you're coming into toronto and you go through a town called pickering i'm about 30 minutes yeah. north of that so in that Ooh, area, okay. yeah. But as when you talk about art and children, um, my kid, I have kids too. I have a boy is twelve, and and the girl is is nine. And I'm afraid for my kids if they get into art based on some of the hardship that's out there. You know, like I want them to be lawyers and stuff. <laughs> is that wrong? <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's, it is normal because there's a lot of shit and in, in the music and in arts and uh, I mean movies and all that. But you have to. Well, I keep in mind a lot that. Uh, there's people behind real people too, you know, like when you see, let's say a Marvel uh, movie, you know, like those Avenger movies and all that stuff. Yeah, it is a big company. Yeah, there's a lot of money in the back, but actually there's some people that are really good with art in there. There's really mm -hmm. good people that are like magicians with those things. And those people, yeah, they're getting paid. And those people are the ones that are actually really good. Okay, the rest of the people, yeah, okay, they're putting the money, they're putting everything together. Fine, it's, it is a big blockbuster thing, but... You have to remember there's humans in behind. That's the connection you have to remember always, you know, and not get not get by the illusion of the movie, you know, because it's all an illusion from the beginning to the end. But if you just stop again and think it's, you know, and it's the same thing for music. So, yeah, my, my children's I I let them to listen to whatever they want. I I listen to what they're listening. If I don't like something, I just try to see why I don't like it first, you know, because I mean, who am I to criticize? I mean, I've listened to songs that say, fuck you, fuck you, no, 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 fuck yeah. you, you know? <laughs> so how can I judge my, my child, you know, listening to any other songs? But what I, what I try to check mo most is that is everything is fair and, and uh, mostly fair, you know? Mm -hmm. So as long as nobody, like, gets, like, uh, how you say that... Uh, you know, in French, we say rabaisser, uh, how do I say that in English? Uh, just put down, you know? As long as somebody doesn't get put down, we're okay, you know? If yeah. someone talks about, like, just killing people and stuff like that, I'd be like, okay, come on, man, you know? Like, yeah. it's, no. but it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty lucky that my kids are, they have certain tastes that don't go there yet. So, <laughs> I mean, they're young still, you know, seven sure. and, uh, and nine. Yeah. So... I don't know, maybe at 12, it's going to be something else. They'll be like, oh my God, what did I say? <laughs>
Yeah, you know what? You don't want to paint a negative approach to, even though it's it could be anything, like industry pop music on the pop station. And I've always said this, that you got to kind of try mm. and find the positivity in music. Otherwise, you don't deserve to listen. You know, you like your music, and I like my music, but I, and, and everybody likes their music. But everybody has that. And the one thing that bothers yeah. me the most is that, is that they say, well, you don't understand my music. It's like, well, that's not entirely true. I try to find the good things in all types of music, you know, and that's important. You know, and I've I, heard that. You know, you give it I've a fair shake. I've heard that with, uh, with my band a lot. Like, uh, in Psychobilly, there's like uh, this thing where um, it has to sound this way or this other way. Um, I'm like, okay, fine. If you want to think that way, you're allowed. But hmm. I believe in like, music is music. And... If you say, because we never said we were psychobilly, you know, like, mm. like I said, we always mix some stuff, but we have a stand-up bass, we have a Gretsch guitar, and I like rockabilly. Of course, it's going to be like right away associated to that. But like you said before, like Living End, Living End are not rockabilly band. They're not psychobilly, you know, no. they were labeled, uh, they were at the, like, like I saw them at the Warp Tour in the 90s, I think they came to Montreal. I was on stage playing just before Sum 41, mm -hmm. okay? And I saw on that day, I turned around and this guy had a stand-up bass. And I went to see them. I was like, wow, it's the living end. What the, who are these guys? Are? And then I eventually learned that they were from Australia and all that stuff. But everybody were like saying, you know, like, you know, there was Reverend Hortonid at that point too that was getting bigger because they were on Sub Pop at that point And they were putting a lot of videos, you know, like, uh, um, man, there was a lot of fucking bands in those years like, like that came out of like those MTV's uh, cool TV shows, you know, uh, Buttle Surfers, uh, like white zombies that were there and then reverend orton Heaves was there too and at the same time that the vance warp was coming out like getting bigger and bigger so anyways i saw them and uh they were starting to be labeled this psychobilly thing because in north america that was not too much known you know but in europe there was there's already the the you know the label of psychobilly you know for bands like mats and meteors you know demented or go you know, Necromantics, all these bands that are from Europe, you know, like they've been like doing like psychobilly from since the 80s, you know, Meteors. Uh, but then this thing grows so much. Necromantics became bigger mats into uh, Live Again, decided to just continue their stuff. And like nowadays you see what's going on, you know, Live Again has still this rockabilly sound, but it's rock and roll, rock. Mm -hmm. You got in Europe, there's psychobilly still. But now it's like they're like like bands like us or like Cuffing Cats, you know, or Necromantics. We're not as pure psychobilly for some people in Europe, you know, like any genre, you know, like in metal, you know, yeah, or punk rock, you know, like, oh, you know, like Blink-182 is now punk rock because Ramones is punk rock, but then Ramones is not punk rock because, you know, UK Sub is punk rock, but, you know, so all that's that labeling, um, for me, it's like, not necessary it's basically music you know so i try to yeah. enjoy it that way more you know i let the and, people label yeah you know, and god to. god bless the europeans for telling you exactly what they feel <laughs> <laughs> that's true they're that's, super cool like yeah. I, I have so many friends like i went to finland to to record like i said before like i produced bands so i went to finland to record this band called flesh roxon nikki nikki rotten the singer of it and uh these guys are amazing like like i Everything changed in my head as soon as I started going to Europe. I started seeing this whole thing, like where I thought that the music is this little, but it's actually 
amazing you know if you open your eyes it's so much stuff you can do mm -hmm. uh made so many good friends over there and uh but that's what it is europeans are fucking awesome for that uh yeah <laughs> mexicans too i went yeah. to mexico yeah that was you... a crazy crazy time yeah a couple of years ago went there well you remember like it was uh uh the cartels were like taking hostages non-stop for like a year i think couple of years ago or like very intense stuff on tv mm -hmm. and uh, canadians getting yeah killed and knifed in resorts was, and things yeah so weird yeah mm -hmm. so we got we said yes to a show before that thing started going on on tv yeah <laughs> we were like oh shit <laughs> and they're like no no then then you know it started relaxing a bit then okay uh october 30th uh we have a show in mexico now it's everything is fine it's more relaxed on the tv the guys contact me they're like everything is booked just show up okay so we show up i showed up and uh actually i showed up a day before the guys and uh i got drunk with the mexican guys at this bar super awesome and the next day uh the guys showed up we slept a bit and they came to pick us up like at like five and uh, they knocked, okay, we opened the door, and uh, these two giant Mexican guys, super well-dressed, man, like bodyguards. It's like with, like, fucking things on the ears so they can talk. Wow. <laughs> What's going on? They're like, yo, you're Renee from The Brains. I'm like, yes. He's like, okay, uh, follow us. Uh, we're, like, doing this. And then I see the promoter in the back. He's like, hey, it's all cool. I'm like, okay, cool. Todo bien, todo bien. And two huge black suvs in the parking lot are waiting for us like, what's going on just grab your guitar everything is taken care of for you guys the bass is already there or it was like being carried okay so we get in then one suv and the other one who's going in the other one that's a decoy i'm like what the fuck so two suvs in the middle of fucking mexico city man passing through the lights and like no 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 stops huh they're like they pass on the fucking red light and like, psh, we got to the place. I was so comfortable. Seriously, it's so weird to say that. <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I fell asleep. It took a couple, like 10 minutes. And then I uh, woke up at this church, this abandoned church. And we got inside and there was a sound system. No, no statues inside, nothing. Well, the guy, first of all, knocked on my window. Yeah, I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, yeah, okay, you guys, are you ready to go out of the SUV? I'm like, yes, we are ready. And he's like, okay, go. So we opened the door. They opened the door, sorry. They're like, okay, checking the stuff. We got it to the church. <clears throat> it was super awesome, that show. I ended up uh, doing sound <laughs> because it was such a pain. He asked, man, I, that, I, I don't know as a, as a sound guy if I've ever you've tried to do sound in a church, but it's the Bit most craziest thing. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. You cannot cut like you cannot cut frequencies. You need mass, you know, people in order to control it. And then and then, but it was an amazing show. It was full on people, like five hundred Mexican people. Man, it was the night, uh, the Dia de los Muertos. It was awesome, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I was uh, I was I even got my tattoo over there. This one that says uh, Mexico Psycho. For oh, nice! It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've only been to Mexico cool. once or twice, but for holidays. But I also noticed that people from Mexico, the people, they're really nice people. Like, they'll give the shirt off their backs. Super yeah. nice. And very yeah. accommodating. And, you know, we met some great people just going on holidays, you know, and then sort mm -hmm. of driving around and, you know, meeting people. Yeah. Actually, now we're going to be on the road with uh, on this tour. 
uh, with the Kung Fu Monkeys, a Mexican band that got signed to Stomp Records, which oh, is wow. super cool again, because when we do this tour, that means in a couple of months, we're going to be able to do a tour with them in Mexico too. You know? Yeah, Prisoner it's Exchange. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be fun, all this. It's going to yeah. be cool. I, th I think there's a good, there's good stuff coming up for the brains too, like. I don't know. It's like it seems that it's a good time now. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what What about Russia? Russia. I, I saw. I just saw that you you had gone to Russia, and that seems like still crazy, crazy place. Yeah, yeah. Talk about cartels like, and danger, right? Like, oh, it's so so like uh, so secretive. It's like secret. Like it's it's James Bond, man. It's like it's you just got there, like. Like you don't understand at all, huh? you're like you you're like get there and you don't understand what the fuck they said they're saying. You don't know if they're angry or not, if they're just being expressive. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Chile, okay, and we like to say like swear words when we talk. So I'm like, I'm used to like blah 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 blah. I'm like, okay, cool. So so I got there over there and they're like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So either he's like really pissed off or like he's actually really happy. So I'm like, let's bet on the happiness because he really wants to see her. So I'm like, he's happy. Okay. The guys are stressing. Like he's happy. He's like he's screaming. I'm like I think he's really happy. <laughs> we got into this this car. Like okay, well, we got over there. Okay, first of all, when you get to Russia, okay, when you get to Russia, you get this this you get into this airplane and they serve you food. This food that they serve you, it's like you open it and it's like it's it looks like uh, it's weird, really weird. Like it's like a sausage cut in half. Like they had a whole sausage, but they had to separate it in two, three, mm -hmm. in order to for the other guy next next to me so they do that um it's kind of weird like it's not it's so i ate it you know I ate it. yeah, it's good but it's kind of sketchy a bit airplane too we got over there I'm like yeah i'm alive it's cool it was a cool experience it was my birthday too that that day when we got we got into the airplane so mm -hmm. i was like hangover from the day before that we were in england and uh i remember fuck where we were we were now right now how, how big was the but plane we were in england just before uh, and then we took the plane the next day too. So yeah, yeah we got to 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 Russia and then Russia. The guy uh, we passed the, the thing. They ask you right away, super serious. So what are you doing here? Well, we're here just to be here. They look at you. Okay, maybe not. Maybe the the tension is like in, intense, man. And uh, so we end up passing the the door. We get over there. Then the guy. Uh, Waiting for us, this massive Russian guy. Brains, no emotion, but you can see he's proud and happy. Okay. Okay. Just wait. Not too much, man, talking. Wait. And we're like, okay. Mm -hmm. We're like, what the, we just got to Russia. I have no idea what to do. So I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> so nothing for like five minutes. No talk. He's just looking at the, you know, where you're at the airport and you're waiting for taxis. I'm like, hey, man, uh, I'm really happy to be here. He's like, yeah, it's good. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's okay, man. So then he's like cogging on the phone. He's like, ah, no, everything. Then like the car comes in. He's like, gets into the car. I'm like, fuck, is he? I think he's happy. I think he's happy. He turns around and he's like, um, beer now? I'm like, sure. And it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know, during the day. <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay, sure. It's like three o'clock in the afternoon, I think, you know, or like one. Like, yeah, sure, okay. And in this car, it's crazy. The highways are super long, you know, like large. And these cars are just like, it's like racing, man. They just race. They don't, 
they just race and then on the side there's like cops once in a while in the middle and then these nice cars pass like these black cars or white cars super like nice they pass and then uh uh the police stops them and that's how they get money but then yeah. i'll come back to this in a couple of seconds for the bribing and all this mm. okay so we finally get to uh, our uh, hotel which is not an hotel <laughs> but it's an hotel so we get there uh take a shower okay and the promoter's like yeah the show is not tonight it's tomorrow i'm like yeah yeah i know it's like okay cool let's go eat okay go eat so we go in the center we're in the you know, where the fuck were we at the beginning we were st petersburg was the first second one and moscow we're on moscow the first night so we started walking in the center of moscow where all these nice uh, buildings and old buildings are where lenin is uh buried and all that stuff then we end up going to uh uh, eat and uh this nice place uh we got start drinking finally he shows up with vodka like oh vodka and actually he's really good he's like saying i have no un like sometimes i couldn't understand really what he was saying because it was like mixed between one word in english and then many words in russian asking his buddy next door in order to translate and then him losing half of the conversation and, and into that and then asking me it's okay you know i'm like what did he say he's like oh no problem vodka's good i'm like yes but what did he say you know so that's where our conversations were of much of on that that circle you know yeah. well, it was fun uh and since the next day oh yeah so then we we finished drinking he's like okay hey, let's go to the hotel it's late and now okay cool we start walking back we got some beers at this place before it closed down at one because it closes at supposedly at never or at one so this one calls at one we get some beers and i'm like fuck man guys man and then guys are starting stressing we're walking with beers like okay we get to the hotel he's like no problem just open the beer no problem I'm like okay so i'm like the hotel is just there we can go into a room you know <laughs> I'm like no problem I'm like okay open the beer man i open the beer like they all have their beer like half you know finish and i just open the beer cup car stops in front of us like oh no cups comes out he's like blah 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 i'm like what the f I, had, I don't know i don't know and i have my passport with me you know in my hand like already like ready to give him you know and the uh, promoter's like no 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 don't worry it looks at me don't worry talks to them na 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 then they start talking and nah, he shows up with bill paper then promoter goes into his pocket and he shows up the money. The guy is like, no, no. And he, he follows the cop next to his car. The, co the cop sits down. Then the guy next to him sits down to again in the cop's car. And the, the promoter is like, okay, you know. And he's like, he throws the money. The cops close the door and he leaves. I'm like, what just happened? He's like, don't worry. He's like, he... Uh, he says, you know, it's illegal, but I pay him the money. He said, don't want the money, but he want the money, really. So I had to throw it <laughs> to him. <laughs> he said it was very legal, and I, if I knew that, and I said, yes. I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that was our first night. And then the then we did the show. The show was amazing. It was just fucking yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. The lineup and, like, people just screaming every time. Just before the show, we showed up our face. We were the only band who showed our face out of the backstage we had like two floors and people just screaming like screaming like crazy like beetle screaming wow. like you can hear the music that was playing yeah like i was like what's going on wow. and we were like just making fun you know like just like showing our face and like who gets the loudest scream you know so then the three of us are like okay colin go ahead show your face 
you know, like, ah, like right at each other's face, you know, fucking Guillaume. Anyways, it, that was cool. And then on, after that, uh, we relaxed after the show. We um, we drank a little bit in the backstage, and yeah, the promoter's like, yes, we have to go night train for St. Petersburg. Like, oh, shit, like, I'm on the night train. <laughs> and so we got in there and uh, we continued drinking. It was super cool, man. It, yeah. uh, this night train, I uh, I stayed up most of the night looking outside and uh, to see the trees. And it's very very wintry when when I was uh, for mm -hmm. some kind of reason. It was like the summer, but it it looks like winter, you know, in the morning. It's very yeah. grayish. Yeah. And Saint Petersburg, Saint Petersburg was like very very good too. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Like uh, then the after that show, so one show, second show, we sleep. Next morning we wake up. We took the airplane and we went to Italy, mm -hmm. and we continued the tour. It was, it was just crazy tour that tour. I can mm -hmm. look. I, I'm looking so f forward for the for the next one to see what's going on because of the new album. It's gonna be insane, you know. Mm -hmm. We've been playing these songs and like uh, these three songs of this new album, and like people keep on asking when is the new album, you know. So now. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking like whenever someone says "Don't worry," I worry. It's something. Yeah. <laughs> also, when someone says, um, <clears throat> "Someone says you got to calm down," and he's like, oh, "I, I yeah. don't, don't tell me good, to calm. Yeah. It doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't help. No. Um, no. So yeah, so what? <laughs> <laughs> so t touring in uh, touring in Europe, I've done a few of those, and I I feel that there's a little bit of um, a bit more. Um, I don't know decadence in touring in Europe. Even though, even even if you do a van tour, it's it seems to be more comfortable as a musician. It's different. It's very very different. It's like Europe, you're like when when we're when we tour Canada or US, uh, we have our own van. So it's our van. We have our own stuff in there. But when we go to Europe, we we like rent um, a van and actually like a whole. It's like. The team it's like rock who's the driver it's his company and he has his van and he's got like equipment and all that stuff so yeah it's you know we got there we got a driver it's more you can like you don't have to drive you know like right now like when whenever we do a tour like either call in drives or field drives or whatever driver we have at that point or merch guy or merch girl you know drives but in europe we don't drive so yeah we just get there we we drink with the people then we're half drunk we get back into the van to the hotel it's a little more decadent you know it's more crazy and of course they're more like uh like when you go to berlin you, you can walk in the street with your beer like the first time that i got over there i, I didn't know that you know like i i've never thought in my life that i would be able to go to these countries where i hear about it you know like go to germany berlin like like so much history in there uh and then like like uh go to france go to like finland russia what the hell you know yeah, yeah. so i got to berlin and walking I, i'm like yeah, i'm gonna buy a beer and then drinking in the park or whatever i'm thinking you know like whatever i do in montreal you know if i'm you know <laughs> or toronto whatever you know so i want to go yeah. get a beer I'm like put yeah. it in my jacket i open it up i'm like i put it in my jacket i sip a beer and the guy's looking at me the german guy is like what are you doing man i'm like <laughs> Well, all right, sorry, man. I know I cannot drink beers in the streets. Like, no, why are you hiding your beer? I'm like, because I don't want to get cut. Mm. And it's not my country. He's like, no, I, you can drink in the street, man. I'm like, what? I didn't, I didn't know you can drink in the street. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Cause, uh, I got, it is true. I got busted outside of Frankfurt for drinking in a cul-de-sac. We were drinking by yeah, the Yeah, Frankfurt. 
not yeah. Berlin. Yeah, I was in Berlin and it's I bought different. Jägermeister at three in the morning. You know, at the, the little store. What the hell was the name of the club? Uh, was it the Wild at Heart? Or, yeah, uh, and just Tink two Fife doors down. There's a little. Um, there's a little. There's uh, a tiki. Uh, yeah, a tiki place. Well, a variety store actually. It just sold like oh chips and cigarettes and Jägermeister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were sitting out in front and drank <laughs> Jägermeister until the sun came up and got on the bus and. We had a tour bus. Yeah. I've only had one tour bus tour in Europe, and it was uh, it was fantastic. Me too, so far. It's fantastic. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It oh. makes you think, like, oh, I want it so bad. This yeah. tour bus again. <laughs> yeah, we did a tour with the uh, with the Rev uh, and Phantom Rockers and um, Silver Shine, and uh, it was uh, it was it was an interesting tour. Like at that point, yeah, the, you, you remember you said the brains were three. Yes, we were we were three. But at, there was one point for like almost two years or a year and a half, we were four members. Okay. And there was another guitarist, uh, Brad, who was uh, who did all the shows with us on the tour with Drunk Not Dead. Because the album Drunk Not Dead is is made for a four piece. Like the whole production in there, I made it on purpose to make. I wanted to make that album a little more like metally, you know. Mm -hmm. So I went on crazy with the guitars, and so I wanted to have a second guitarist at that point. So we got that. But uh, we did that tour. We got offered to do a, a tour with them, with the Rev Norton Heat, and they had two buses. Uh, they were not the responsibles of the tour. There was a promotion company who was responsible for that, and that that company fucked up uh, in the middle of the tour. Uh, they disappeared with uh, the cash, and uh, so everything was going good. And then one morning in the middle of it, I woke up. It was amazing. The tour bus, two floors, man. Yeah. And the Rev Norton Heat had their own bus, two floors. And so, like, every night we follow each other, huge shows. It was amazing. You know, we even helped each other every every time. You know, we unloaded the, the big buses together, like, fucking 25 people, man. Like an army. Yeah. It was super cool. Yeah. Uh, but then, like, after a couple of weeks of, of doing that, like, uh, I woke up in the morning, like, usually we drive all night and in the morning, too. And then um, this time around, we woke up at, like, 6 in the morning. I was like, what's going on? I like, woke up. Everybody was still asleep when I woke up. I got up. I'm like, this is not normal. We're supposed to go somewhere today. So I go down the stairs. And there's like a, like a panic. Like there's one person, uh, one of the drivers. He's like, hey, yeah, I think the tour is over. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, yeah, promoters just left uh, with everything. The company just left with like everything. And there's no more cash for the buses. I'm like, what the fuck? Like we, our plane tickets are just like in two weeks. What the fuck are we gonna do for like two weeks? Or like it was like ten days left. So I go outside and I I know uh, I know Jimbo and the the Rev uh, Jim very well. Like we met a couple like in uh, like when I was nineteen, like like in men super many years ago before they like they started doing touring big, and they had events at that point. Anyways, so I met Jimbo and I went over there to see him. I'm like, man, what's going on, man? He's like, so. Uh, I think the tour is going to be over unless we go with one bus and I think we're going to pay from our pocket to continue the tour in order to do this thing because we don't we don't want to cancel these shows it's stupid and it's our name the promotion company left us so do you want to be part of the rest of the tour it's okay if you don't if you don't want to and then I'm like what the fuck yeah for sure I want to keep on doing the shows man so he's like, okay we're going to lose one bus cool okay mm -hmm. so we just got all the bands Silver Shine couldn't continue because uh, like there wasn't any more in the budget and our budget was so small too already. Um, that's why he asked us to if we wanted to keep on going and we're like, yes, we want to. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, 
like it was either like we continue or not and they were like them too you know like they had to pay from their own pocket to continue this whole thing you know that's why at the beginning i said it wasn't them you know like but at that point they were like okay we're gonna take care of you guys and uh i learned a lot of cool things man on that tour after that like i was able to get in in touch more with like what the sound on stage is as as a performer as a three-piece like the reverend does you know like how he's able to make an atmosphere when he does a live show you know it, it it's based a lot on like uh the power of the guitar and the voice how they a little bit like bb king but bb king is like the extreme you know like bb king sings doesn't play guitar and then plays guitar doesn't sing so so that's when i realized that you know you can just you know maybe back up with the guitar bring up the voice naturally you know and you don't need the sound guy to be moving the faders for you you know at that point or like in a mix so that's what it was man i learned a lot of stuff and it was amazing that tour it's just i always i'm looking forward to get a bus again <laughs> well the thing too is a bus is normality because if you go to a hotel even if you go to the same a different hotel every night you're going into a different room if you sleep on a bus then you can wake up on your bus and it's your home so you can get more into a pattern That's one thing I noticed from traveling for so many days, like 30 days on a bus in just shower rooms, you know, it made it more like, okay, I have a job now. My job is to do what I do. And then when I'm on the bus, I don't need to work, you know, because it seemed like less moving around, you know, and I've done a few Canadians as a sound guy. I've done a lot of Canadian tours in buses. And it's not quite the same thing as a working musician, as a, or sorry, as a working sound guy. If you're a musician, it's great because you just you don't I mean, need to worry about one less thing you need to worry about, you know. So, but yeah, yeah I I enjoy the bus, yeah. but it also was a lot of money. Like it's expensive, I know. Talking about going on the road as a sound guy, I was the sound guy for the Ripcords for okay. a couple of months, I think. Yeah, on the road, and um, it was cool, man. Uh, I went on the road with them, and it's true, it's not the same same energy the same thing at all you know when you get up there as a sound guy you're like you gotta get into that thing you know you gotta make it like so the band is happy so you're like right away like confronting things you know like ah mm. and then the band comes in they're like okay so everything is cool so on the other hand on my side when i when i have sound guys or stuff like that i just get in there i'm like okay so everything should be fine now you know yeah but it's so different both both things you know oh yeah definitely <laughs> Like I, I've all of the past couple of summers, I've been tour managing and doing sound for a country band, and uh, it's about the same thing as going to, as going to a rock festival. You go to a country festival, it's the same attitude. It's better PA systems, that's for sure. The budget, the budget's <laughs> higher, you know. And I've mixed yeah, on some of the biggest PA cool. systems I've ever mixed on was just from working for this country band, you know. So with, you know, the same thing. What we were talking uh, about before with music, it's like what's the name know, of the band? Small town pistols. They okay, just okay, won. Okay. They won some. Uh, they won. They won a Juno a couple of years ago, and they are a brother and sister team that used to be called the Wilkinsons, which was like a family country band that like won Grammys and had like big record deals. I think in the it tells late me 90s. something. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, like, yeah. it's funny. I I like them so much as people that I don't really, you know, the music's obviously not my kind of music, but I. I like the music mm. because I like the people. Does that make sense? Is that is do you understand? Yes, it does. It's important. It's important that to to like the the musician, the person too. Not not like just like the musician, just the person is important. Uh, you cannot just 
you're a person but that's the thing and then you come back again to that what you were saying if it's fake or not you know mm -hmm. if you're oh, a good yeah. person if you're like a a person you know and you're a musician that's that's what's good you know and mm -hmm. of course we're going to meet like people that do sound and stuff like that and we can connect that way and that's why that's why it becomes a cool thing when you're on stage you know because you have good people around you know yeah. that's what it is the good entourage you know yeah yeah but you're right you put the finger on that i can tell the people that are like technicians that are musicians because i can just know i can sniff them out because i know they understand both sides of the of the fight you know or the not the fight but the but the conquest to try and make the perfect show yeah. and for that everybody around you if they're happy then you're happy if you're happy yeah. they're happy it's this symbiotic exactly. relationship between crew and exactly and musicians it's very important a lot of people like there was some time in the late 80s where that didn't really matter where like it's like i'm the rock star but that slowly but surely just fizzled away over the 90s and into the 2000s and because it was it became a saturation of of, of musicians and then some people decided to make a music box basically that put out musicians like icons like or like mm -hmm. you know just singers you know and then yeah. there was like a saturation of that stuff and then people forgot what it is the art of making a show you know yeah basically like a circus you know yeah or like a magic show that's what it is it's everybody together that's when the shows are awesome and if you see like if you look at huge bands you know you always see them with like a super good that they know a sound guy like almost a buddy you know mm -hmm. and a, a light guy and the roadies mm -hmm. and if you look at like the the good fucking bands you're gonna see that they, they it's like a family you know they all take care of each other you know yeah and it goes top down then, top down like uh i worked as local crew for robert smith show i was just local crew the our, oh, the cure yeah the cure yeah so so yeah. the crew comes in and i'm expecting it's going to be like these sort of somber pale-faced englishmen but, but you know what they were the happiest people in the world they were like so happy uh -huh. and i'm like this is not what i was expecting and it's because robert smith is a good boss you know he's a good yeah. boss he's a great he shows everybody this is what we're going to do this is how we work and everybody is a better person for it and if you're not a very nice person you don't belong on that crew so there was no, sort of that exactly. weeding out process and everybody was really nice. Yeah. And I'm like, that's funny. I love the why killer. Why is everybody so friendly? <laughs> we did uh, actually an EP and uh, we covered the song. Um, what is it called already? Well, the brain has 96 songs so far recorded and put out. And it's pretty crazy. So sometimes I have to go back to my list and all that. So Love Song is a song we did from, uh, ah, from The Cure. Yeah. Yeah. And we did Personal Jesus, Rebel Yell, Tainted Love, and all that stuff. And uh, Oh, is it a cover it EP? super cool. All covers? Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it's called The the Cover Up. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. Man. That's it's, uh, cool, It's man. fun to play. The, the song, uh, Love Song, is super fun to play live. Uh, people really like, they, they really dig it. It's, yeah. I can't wait to be on the road with this new album too. Well, you're playing Halloween, which in Toronto, which I think is going to be a tough one for me because my kids trick or treat, and I got to take them trick or treating. Ooh. And my son has proclaimed that it is his last year trick or treating. He's he's going to hang up the trick or treating hat. And I'm like, you're 12. It's the end of the circle. It's done. He's <laughs> like, it's yeah. But I said, but how do you think I'm going to get my candy? You know, like how <laughs> you got to go go as a ghost exactly, or I will go yeah, as a exactly. ghost. Um, exactly. 
<laughs> just sure yeah. to truck down a little bit, you know? Oh, I'll, we'll keep you posted on what's happening, you know? If you're able to yeah. drop by, man, it's, it'll be fun, I think. Yeah, you I know? would really like to see Every Halloween, it's, it's super fun for us. Yeah. We start these stories. And, and actually, it's, it's awesome that we're putting out the album now. Because, uh, like I said, it was like done in December 14th last year. And uh, mm -hmm. we've been waiting to put it out. Like, we thought maybe June. But uh, in June, I wasn't happy with the mastering yet. Because I usually do everything. And I'm, I, w I wanted to push it a little more further uh, mm -hmm. sonically. So uh, I had to find the right mastering. Here's my question. Um, when you're when you you own your own recording studio, right? Yeah, I have my own gear, but that's my 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 home studio. Then I I work in different studios though, but I work at one specific studio right now. But that do you I find like my that buddy and everything? When but when you have that sort of uh, that open scenario of being able to record anytime you want, do you find it a little bit hard to try and nail something down to like say this is finished, where you always have a choice? Oh yes, I know what you. I know what you mean. Um, the thing is how it worked because like I got cut into that that circle of uh, as an artist, you want to like always try to perfect your your art and like mixing for me as an art. Like I try to I try to bring out an emotion, you know, of a song. So I mix in order to do that. Like everything is made on purpose when you put your headphones on or listen to a song, however you want. But yeah, so yeah, so yeah, I, you become you try to. Um, to perfect your art you know and like so at the beginning a couple of years ago like when i was working i i started doing these mixes and i was happy but then i listened to it and i was like damn it i think i can readjust this thing so i started putting my hands on it okay that that works for like other bands you know not your own band but then it happened to me for the band for the album zombie nation i, I started doing that and i mixed it and I, I like the next morning, I was like, oh, it sounds good, but maybe I can touch it. So I did another mix, but I saved it the first one. I ended up with like three, four mixes of the full album. By the fourth one, I called Colin. I'm like, man, I feel like puking right now because I've been listening to these songs and filtering and like, I don't even know which mix is the best one. He's like, why don't you go backwards to the first one? I'm like, yeah, maybe it's a good idea. And then, you know, like, I'm like, okay, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do that. And what you hear now is the first mix, but like, <laughs> it's very difficult, you know. It's mm -hmm. like you try to, you have to put, you have to put laws in a way, and that, at that point, you have to say, okay, I'm allowing myself one amazing mix. I take my time when I think it's cool. When I think it's like I have a good emotion, I save this thing, and I like, you know, I print it, you know, and it's like a stereo track, and I leave it there. And if I really hear something that bugs me, then I go to repair it. But if I start touching it again, I have to stop it because mm -hmm. that means that it's 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 like it's something else, you know, like it's not anymore the uh, the first vibe. It's like it's not the same anymore. You're trying to give the first vibe. You're trying to give the, the purity of the song, the most accurate of the motion. And then when you start tweaking stuff, you're it's like you're bugging that thing, you know, mm -hmm. and then. You cannot perfect. It's like an emotion. You have to let it go, you know? Like, one time, let it go and then grow. And, and that's how it, it works, you know? It does It does work to to open your, your brain, to open your, your, your spirit to, like, the songs, you know? Um, we've even done some weird weird stuff, too, for our, our songs. Like, on the song Misery of the album, um, uh, well, you know, uh, The Muster Within. Um, <clears throat> the song Misery is written by calling up numbers. So the the way it works is like, you know, A, B, C or letters, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, 
and then uh, you just call letters or numbers if it's numbers you associate it to a letter so as a guy okay throw me a letter so one guy's like blah i'm like okay write it down throw me a letter okay write it down i try this one okay uh two more we're gonna do a bridge with that okay and this letter and this letter okay cool it's like the same letter. Now I'm like, ah, oh, let's not try to use the same letter. Come on. And so, okay, not the same letter. So then with that thing, we put them together and we oblige ourselves to make a song out of it. And the song Misery is one of those ones. And it's actually really, really good. That's very cool. It's awesome to do that. Yeah. So yeah. whatever you have to do, you know, it's like you have to create something. Whatever you want to do, you do it. You know, that's what's yeah. cool about making music. Yeah. Yeah. I always get sort of tongue-tied and lo lo locked up with lyrics because uh, I find that my choice of words are, you know, not that good. So I chose to start yeah. looking in thesauruses. So I'll look at a thesaurus for a word, the word that I, I'm trying to find, or the word that I, the, the sort of the, the young kid's version of the word, and then go look in the thesaurus for a better word. So I found myself yeah. starting to look through the thesaurus for smarter sounding words. You know. I've done that with uh, the Brains album. Uh, at the beginning, um, most of all the first two, first one, two album, three album, I was writing most of everything. And then on the, I think on the third album, I started uh, asking some buddies. We did like a party, a drinking party, and we put the songs on playback. I'm like, hey, man, I need some lyrics. That's how I started. Because I was like, you know, you try to go like... Uh, like internet like all this thing wasn't like as 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 easy as nowadays you know so like i didn't have a computer with the internet i think at that point when i did my second album and uh so every lyrics was based on everything that i knew in english and my buddies around me you know third album was a bit easier but so i started like asking my buddies here what can we talk about it then the uh the album yes actually it was uh more brain that was the first song that actually had the party so it was a second album yeah it was the second album and we had a party and uh and we were like okay what's this song about and uh the guys were like oh let's make it like a movie let's make it like a movie about a zombie movie and that but let's make it like a funny one and then so the song started growing and so the song more brains is actually like a mini movie in lyrics you know so i continue you know doing albums with the brains and then um eventually we colin on the the album uh, the monster within is like let's try to do it both together only so i continue helping on some lyrics but he did most of everything there mm -hmm. and on this one i'm like okay i'm gonna take care of all the music all the arrangements all like the the like how it's gonna grow and you know the productions thing thing like the like what we want to put out like the image you know like we need what's going on I asked my girlfriend, uh, Roxy Perixhead, who's like the, the painter, I said, and she made like a nice, super nice painting of like what the album was going to be, you know, and all that. So I took care of that and Colin took care of all the lyrics this time. So I didn't end up to looking in, in dictionaries. I was able to talk to him about the emotions of the songs and he was able to put it into lyrics. But then sometimes he's like, I didn't take your idea. <laughs> I went with my idea, you know? I'm like, yeah. hey, cool, let's hear your lyrics. And he's like, this is how it works. I'm like, all right, okay. So, you know, it's like a poem, you know, when you receive it, I'm like, and you have to like figure out which word goes into how, what melody, you know, because you already did another melody in your head with that song and then it doesn't fit anymore. So you're like, okay, it's brand new. So that was super interesting mm -hmm. for that. And uh, like, he's really good in like, um, 
just the lyrics, like uh, the way the flow is, and the songs just like are big, you know, and musically it's big, and so yeah, super cool for that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to now just I pawn off music with melodies to um, Connor Lovett Fraser, who's the singer of a band called Boys Night Out. I don't know if you're familiar with this band, but they're on Ferret Records, and uh, they're a pretty cool band out of Burlington. And so I give a lot of music to him, and he is a really okay, great okay. lyricist, you know, and he writes great lyrics. And so, you know, but oh, yeah, that's I, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun to do because it's sort of getting another person involved in your music that, you know, I'm honored to have him on it, you know. But yeah, he, and that's what it is to play music, you know, too. It's yeah. like to collaborate with people. That's what makes it like interesting not to be just stuck alone and like, you know. That's what's cool about it to have a band is to share those emotions with those people and share that that new emotion with the crowd and you know involve a new emotion you know yeah yeah i was gonna say because i just sit i just sit by myself now because i i'm getting on and i don't you know i go to europe occasionally and play shows but i'll just put a band together to go and play there well hey man i had a great time talking um it seems like we really didn't get much into what your band is but uh mm. You know, I think it's all related. You know, it's yeah. all it's all related. You know, it's like uh, I think everybody gets the point of what's going on to too with the brains is that uh, you know it's yeah. it's us, it's real people. You know, and we work hard to to get to to a super high standard as a band to deliver a, like super tight music to them and a, and a tight show, like mm -hmm. well tuned vocals, good writing and music. You know good stage presence and like good people on stage. That's what we need right now. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we've been saturated with a lot of like, uh, um, you know, McDonald's easy stuff, uh, musically made, you know, and beats that don't even make sense. They're very aggressive these days for no reason. And it's like, people are just buying that shit because that's, it seems that that's what they have to buy. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, you have to become tight as fuck, you know, and the best one. So you promote your music in the best way you can compete with all these people that have, all these crappy music but have amazing productions so mm -hmm. yeah well that's good what for we're you, gonna man. try to do you know oh well good yeah. for you and, and good luck with everything and i'm gonna mention all the tours and everything uh the, the shows you're playing and this will be coming out next week i'm gonna bump some episodes and put you in because it's important that you come out on mondays on the monday and the 26th so i'm obviously cutting all this part out so now. let's say uh next week monday you're gonna put it on air so yeah next week monday we're gonna yeah. be one day before the video comes out yeah, but the new video comes out next Tuesday. So this this one coming up tomorrow is that there's a teaser, and then like next year there's a, there's a new video coming out for the song "Out in the Dark." Oh, okay, cool. It's well, be awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So so Monday, this is coming out. Monday coming up. So we'll make this. Let's sign off. Yeah. And it was nice talking to you, Renee, and uh, all the best luck. And you know, thank you. Keep it real, man. Rene from the brains. The brains. Ooh. Okay, now I'm just. I've been overusing the delay and reverb. Everybody, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. This episode, as all episodes, are brought to you by fetchclass.com. Go to fetchclass.com, sign up for free, teach and be taught in a video conference one on one. It's awesome and it's safe and it's great. Don't forget to pre-order a shirt. Go to appalogue.ca slash shop. Pre-order a shirt. Go there. Anyone that buys one in the Durham region, 
Well, I have it hand-delivered. Promises. Don't forget to like the show on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash pod. Tell your friends about that. That would be great. Pledge on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Pledge as little as much as you want and help the show out. Cool. Also, the Amazon affiliate program. Go to uh, apolog.ca and click on the Amazon banners on the right side. And bookmark the link. And every time you shop, you'll be helping the show with that bookmarked link. What else do I got? Oh, I really like to thank Melanie Kay for making this interview possible. I'd like to thank Renee for doing the interview. And as always, we try to make great podcasts for you to listen to and enjoy. Spooky! Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. I'll be here. Bye. Ah 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 